0: Actually, gonna record this time.
1: Recorded, recorded, recorded.
0: Aren't you so glad though that we didn't do a whole episode unrecorded last time that it was just the last like 10 minutes that I forgot to record?
1: That would have been really funny.
0: If we had ever done a whole episode like that, oh my god, we would have just re- redone it, but still.
1: I guess that's a good thing for the, the Zoom 40-minute thing because it kind of keeps you in check a little bit.
0: Right. You, yeah, that's true. That's true. Also, though, if it had never stopped recording, I would have been recording the whole time.
1: Right. But that's whatever. True. Zoom.
0: Anyway. Anyway. Um. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. It's Halloween when this comes out. <laughs> what will you be doing right when this comes out?
1: well it's probably gonna come out at 5 a.m so i'll probably be sleeping i'll be sleeping hopefully i don't know maybe Maybe, not though yeah maybe we up all night maybe we party i know because we might be going
0: out i might be going out on sunday who knows i'm definitely going out on saturday
1: um yeah there's so much to do on saturday it's it's
0: it's gonna be the best night of the year bestie but it's halloween raise your hand if you're gonna eat candy
1: i'm
0: gonna eat so much candy i'm gonna drink a big pumpkin spice latte when i wake up
1: uh-huh these silly goofy things
0: silly goofy things soak in all the halloween it's literally my favorite day of the year so i'm i'm very pumped um with that being said i'm liza
1: I'm Rich, and this is the Little Sleeps Much Reading Podcast.
0: And finally, from so little sleeping and so much reading, his brain dried up and he went completely out of his
1: mind how do how do we do the theme song in ghost version oh
0: oh my god have you seen those videos of those little ghosts singing in the microphones no and they're like little cartoons and they're like you haven't seen that no i'll send it to you later
1: because that's how that's how how we do it
0: i would love them to
1: do our podcast
0: we need like an that's what it would sound like i'll send you the video and you'll see we need like creepy old organs, like like a vampire organ. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what we need. That's what oh, we do.
0: One time when I was in the Olive, Times Square Olive Garden um, a few months ago, <laughs> I they were playing Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers. And I was so scared. It was like 1 o'clock in the morning. No, it was like midnight, but they were playing Jeepers Creepers in the Times Square Olive Garden. I was like, "This is not okay," and that song Seems freaks me purposeful. out. I know, cause that movie scares the crap out of me, even though it's my favorite horror movie. One of them. Um, what do we? What's the theme of this spooky dookie Halloween episode? Uh,
1: special episode, bonus episode Um, for our Halloween extravaganza, we are doing. Creature feature. Creature feature. Creature
0: feature. is Jeepers Creepers a creature feature. Yes. I think so too. Cause that thing is
1: not human, I'll tell you that much. No. He's a demon. When he's when he's in the, the when he's looking through the back of the bus and they're all like me, and he's like and it get to the one guy and his eyes get really big. I hate that part. It's so scary. The other drama is that
0: he is canceled as well. The guy who made not Justin Long. Thank fucking Christ. Um, the guy who created Jeepers Creepers turned out to be a pedophile. Oh. Which makes oh. me really uncomfortable thinking that about makes Jeepers. makes a lot of sense. Right. Because the way he's like obsessed with the smell of Justin Long's character. And then it's all teenage boys in the bus. They're football players. I was like, um... I don't love that
1: disturbing.
0: So that's another one that if you're going to consume it, because it is a good movie, do it in a manner that that dude's not going to get any of your money. I'm not condoning doing anything illegal. I am do it, (laughs) but I'm saying figure out a way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You you know what to do. There's a way where there's a will, there's a way. Um, yeah
0: it's creature feature we read creature creature creaturey feature books did you like your book i really liked my book a lot actually um i loved the concept of it i loved the writing it was very fun it was very short i read dark harvest by um his name is norman something hold on hold on because i don't want to get his name wrong
1: it's definitely Psycho Killer, Norman Bates, but...
0: Yeah, it was written by Norman Bates. Um, it's Dark Harvest by Norman Partridge.
1: I read um, The Hellbound Heart by Mr. Clive Barker.
0: Clive, our, our newest queer icon we found out. Yeah, and this book is queer. Oh, really? That's exciting. It's about um,
1: pleasure and pain.
0: Oh, I can't wait to hear about it. Mm-hmm. Um, What do you define as like a
1: creature feature? It's got to have a somewhat spooky, threatening thing. Mm-hmm. Um. And and creature feature is interesting because it's one of those things that go that like it is a creature feature, but it can go into different genres. Like yes. Hellbound Heart, I think a lot of people could consider that to be more paranormal. Right. Whereas um the whereas like Jeepers Creepers can be more slasher.
0: That's mine was definitely slasher. But it's interesting too because I was just thinking as you were sp- saying that. Remember our conversation about the difference between paranormal and supernatural? Yes. It's like, okay, well, a ghost, paranormal activity is not a creature feature because those are ghosts.
1: Correct. Well, was it ghosts or was it aliens? I was always so confused about that. About paranormal activity? Yeah, because remember when she, like, puts the salt down and it looks like it has, like, alien toes? I guess you're right. I always thought it was ghosts, but...
0: I I don't, I don't that, know. That's a conversation for another day. Um, the other thing that feeds into that, I think, is how do we define a creature? Because when I think of it, I think of it as supernatural, supernatural versus paranormal. So like the Jeepers Creepers guy, that's a creature. But is Sharknado a creature feature?
1: I'm going to say no. Yes. Yeah right because the sharks are like like the birds the birds isn't a creature feature I was I thought you were yes um also I was just thinking about it the jeepers creepers guy Mm -hmm. and the demon from insidious could be like cousins even though one's a demon and one's a creature yeah because then insidious isn't a creature feature no
0: also are zombie movies
1: creature features That's a hard one. I feel like I want to say no. I do, too.
0: And I don't know why, but I don't think Night of the Living Dead is a creature feature. It's a zombie. I feel
1: like zombie movies have to be their own thing. Yes. And I also feel like there's something too human about zombies. There's something too ordinary about sharks. There's something too ordinary about birds. Yeah, yeah the creature has to be like, like the blob. Right. That's a creature feature.
0: That's like the definition of a creature feature. What the hell is that guy? Because we don't know. We don't know. Or like, there's, the there'll, be, there'll be those ones that are from like old timey movies, which I think is where creature features came from.
1: The um, thing. The
0: thing. Um, whatever. You know that one where it's like a giant spider?
1: It's an old yes. Movie. Arachnophobia.
0: Yeah. That kind of thing. Like, that's a creature feature that's its own kind of horror and i think something that separates creature feature too from like say a zombie movie or like insidious is the camp of it all
1: yeah that's yes
0: it's almost like also like i associate creature features with rocky horror and there's something about the like science fiction double feature like it's camp it's science fiction like it's something that is unnatural it's like a and and it's often like i'm sure the monster stands for something but it's almost like creature features are kind of just like here for a good time to just terror like it's like this like weird creature that's gonna just like terrorize everybody instead of like some other message of whatever
1: right and and in my book there are the cenobites which they are human looking things but there's something like like uh like i don't want to say godly but there is something like godly about them mm-hmm. and um they are uh they are changed Change. <laughs> they, they're um they've been altered in certain ways mm-hmm. like 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 Pinhead. Yeah. Um, yeah, they all have some kind of like weird thing going on with them. And I like because they aren't aliens and they are somewhat like from a different realm, I guess, it makes them creatures. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, um, Creature from the Black Lagoon is a good example. Yes. What, what is that thing? Like, there's so, it's not, yeah. So that's why you can make that's the argument creature. that like maybe Dracula isn't necessarily a creature feature because there's a humanness to him as well. Mm-hmm. Or like Nosferatu. Right, yeah. That's almost too human. Like you said, like borderline on like how we would d- uh, define zombies.
1: Mm-hmm much to think about we're always having oh. the most deepest of conversations a
0: bug landed on me ah. that's the problem with doing anything outside people so there could just be a bug on you like nobody you wants that. A little
1: bug what kind of bug was it it was like a weird little aphid thing
0: he was like y'all rang <laughs> there is one that is like a giant fly right hold
1: on I'm looking what up there's the creature feature yeah with Jeff Goldblum where he turns into a fly that's it I would consider that one to be like which this also makes it hard because I think that the hellbound heart is body horror also and I think that the fly is body horror but I don't know Mm. if it's a creature feature body horror yeah I suppose it is it actually is now that I think about it
0: yeah yeah Also, this is just to say, there was a TV series called Creature Features in the 60s. And I think that's where a lot of our ideas of creatures come from. And I think this is where we get like the universal, there's a cute dog, the universal monsters, Universal Studios monsters. So this one says creature features normally showed classic universal horror like Dracula, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, the mummy. And I think that also had creature, Creature from the Black Lagoon is definitely one of those like Universal Studios monsters I think as well. Um, And werewolf movies. Uh, Then this thing also has the science fiction movies them the thing from around the world it came from outer space it the terror from beyond space the war of the world and forbidden planet so they're counting aliens to be and i think that's where my idea of creature feature being science fiction and horror comes Mm -hmm. from is like the alien um
1: i guess lens of creature feature yeah, I suppose alien I suppose it it does work. I think I think I think it gets itchy when we get into this territory because a lot of alien things are often so action based they're not horror. Yes. Right. A lot
0: of and I think it's a modern thing too. Like I think Forbidden Planet was very much horror and that's why I, I associate it with Rocky Horror because they reference Mm -hmm. it. But I think alien movies got changed somehow, somewhere along the line. Somebody said, like, this is going to be action. It's not going to be horror. And that's why we have, like, Independence Day and stuff. Right. Maybe even aliens live. Maybe alien changed that. Movie alien. Maybe that was a turning point. Because I would call that horror, but it's also not quite horror
1: right it's it's very yeah
0: it was like the last shreds of aliens as a horror
1: um entity right and then we didn't have really a good alien horror movie again until like the fourth kind right which is kind of found footage totally yeah um, Godzilla, also formerly a creature feature, but got
0: turned into an action star. Like, I think King Kong and Godzilla, the originals, could probably be considered as a creature feature,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: something happened, like, with Aliens, that Hollywood was like, oh, we're gonna do this, and now they're, like, these weird action movies that nobody likes.
1: Which, like, good for them, I guess. Right. Right.
0: Whatever. <laughs> whatever um do you want to go first because I went first last
1: time sure I will talk about mine so yeah (laughs) so I like I said read the hellbound heart by Clive Barker um you guys seen hellraiser pretty good huh pretty good um this was the influence for hellraiser and also Liza I don't know if you can see this but I don't know how we didn't know he was gay (laughs) but we we really should have guessed that as soon as I saw that picture I was like oh definitely he were like gay um so yeah I think I'm gonna start by saying this book when i first started reading it i was like oh this like uh the writing feels 90s ish and i don't mean that in a bad way it's just sometimes sometimes it's not as easy to get through 90s ish type books um which another thing that we should talk about one day is how writing style changes a lot depending on the decade that you're in. Um, but I was like, oh, it's fine. And I kept reading it and it was it was definitely fine because the tea that's in this book is golden. Like I know that the, the Cenobites are supposed to be like, that's what you're reading this book for. I was so interested in the tea. So pretty much um, there's this guy named Frank and he travels the world and does all this crazy stuff and he just got he's just like a he's just like a thrill seeker I guess and so he finds this this box that's a puzzle and if you open it um it's I guess it's like a way for you to get pleasure And so the Cenobites come, he opens it and the Cenobites come. And they believe that pleasure and pain go together. So he has to get both of them. So like immense pleasure, but immense pain. And yeah. And then, um, and of course, everyone's like, I'm reading the book for that. I was reading the book because Frank, that this this guy who has the pleasure, the pleasure and the pain, his brother, whose name is something I don't remember, um, is married to this beautiful woman named Julia, and Julia and Frank have slept together, <laughs> and I think that they're in love, and Frank ends up in the walls of um, his brother's house. And so he, so Julia decides. Julia finds that out and decides she's going to free him because she's in love with him. And just the tea, it's just so good. It's just, I feel like, I feel like I'm sitting down with Clive and he's telling me like his like the drama from his neighbors when he heard them arguing. Um, it's lovely. It's a lot of fun. And I also think that this book can be intimidating for people because it is like, it is put on like a pedestal of horror. Um, This book is up there with a lot of other classic horror books. And I think it's a lot of it is because of Hellraiser the the movie, which is fine. But this book isn't as pretentious as I think that it can maybe come off as. And I really encourage people to give it a chance. Um the descriptions are really wonderful and the descriptions aren't necessarily gory but what he like in in words, not really gory, but what he's describing is gory, if that makes sense. Um, and just like really fantastic. The imagination on this guy just must be peak, um, because it is like a fun reading experience um, in terms of content and Yeah, and so another thing I love about this book, it's short, it's 164 pages, and the font is large, we love large font, Um, it is sort of separated into chapters and then some of the chapters are even further separated, um, which again always just makes it an easier read. And, um, what else can I say about this book? One thing that I really, really appreciate is this book, like I've said before, it's all about the balance of pleasure and pain, um, and how they're sort of equal in this book, and I really like how that is carried throughout in subtle ways um reading it you'll find yourself kind of being like like read a sentence that's very normal about like normal day life and something will happen and you're like oh that was both pleasure and pain or pleasure will happen but it will follow right after pain um and these sentences aren't like lyrical. But they are somewhat beautiful in ways, depending on where he's at. Um and I really appreciate that. It is it is very well written. Um, you can tell he's a seasoned writer. And this book came out in I think 91. Yeah, it came out in, in I don't know if it came out in 91 or 86. Let me look that up really quick.
0: I gotta say, no idea
1: Clive Barker has been writing for that long. (laughs) He's got quite a few books out yet. So it originally came out in 86. That's insane. That's wild. I
0: associate Clive with after, if we have like before death and after death being before Stephen King and after Stephen King, I associate Clive Barker with very much after season King, Stephen King, season King, Stephen King. 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 And he was technically after Stephen King, but not in the way I thought he was. Right. He's not that much after. Like look at look at this list.
1: Like that's quite a quite a few books. He has a really, really large backlist for sure. And the only one that I really recognize besides Hellbound Heart is The Books of Blood, which I know also just came out on Hulu, I think. Um but I think, okay, so the last thing I'm gonna say about this book really quickly is the quote in the beginning was really not something that I expected. So here's the quote. I long to talk with some old lover's ghost who died before the God of love was born. John Donne loves deity. and twisting <laughs> but it fits for this book so well although if I had a complaint I'm not a huge fan of the cover
0: I don't like the cover either it doesn't look creature feature enough to me
1: no it's just a little bit boring
0: yeah I, I wish everything still had really campy covers I gotta say
1: your cover for your book is really nice
0: it's really good cover
1: yeah I really like it Um yeah that's the hellbound heart everyone should read it i think i'll also say this is a good book to have in your horror collection um it is a novella so it's short like i said big font it'll be a quick read and it's something it's it's like a little treat a little snack for the horror lovers i would say so put it on yourself go get it
0: go get mr class um, I want to read it and I, and I, and I do want to watch the new Hellraiser too. Um, I'm so glad Clive is gay. Me too. <laughs> Me and Marissa are mostly kidding when we say we won't read straight male, straight white male authors, but we're also like kind of not. <laughs> because you have to, you have to really question a lot. Yeah. And now we don't have to question as much. Right. We have we can question whiteness. Um, I'm, easily easily and we can question masculinity still but we can't not in the same way that we have to question it with um like for your book last week for example right uh uh. where we didn't have to question whiteness but we very much had to question toxic masculinity and is he yeah that guy's not okay he's not okay yeah um But yeah, I read a book. Um, I read The Dark Harvest, like I said, by Norman Partridge. We found out that this book is older than we thought. This book is from 2006. Um, So it's an older title, but you should all look out for it at your bookstore, or your library, because apparently it's being turned into a movie. Although I have not been able to find any evidence that this movie is coming out anytime soon, even though it said it would come out in 2022. Um, But there's only two months left of 2022 when you're listening to this video uh, podcast. So not really sure what's going on there. I wish it had come out in October because I would watch that so fast. Um, This book in a lot of ways reminded me of this one story by Marissa about a scarecrow Um, because this story does take place in the Midwest um, in a very corny corn-filled town, Um, very Midwest vibe to it. But I think anybody who's from a really small town can relate to it, because I know I found myself, I'm from a very spooky small town and I'm in a very spooky small town right now. And I found myself um, connecting to the space really well. The other really cool thing about this book that really sets you into it is much of the book is from second person which is weird as hell, but I loved it, I loved it, I think you have to be very clever, this is now the second book I've read in the last few months that was from the second person, I think you have to be really clever when you do it, and I think Partridge did it beautifully, so when he's saying you, it makes the the book all that more immersive because It's like you are from this town where all of this is happening. Um, And I think that's really smart for horror. And I think it's really smart for a creature feature especially because there does have to be a willing suspension of disbelief in the creature features that we don't necessarily need in other forms of horror. And um, I think that's why creature features work so well in cinema um, because you're seeing it all play out instead of having to like read about it but this was very immersive and I really loved that he did that. I thought the language was gorgeous. I thought it, it, it was so, his descriptions of the town were beautiful. Um, descriptions of the gore were really good. It was just very well-written book. Um, the creature is called the October boy. And I love that I, on its own. And basically the October boy is this pumpkin boy that runs amok on Halloween night, and all the boys of the town have to, and this takes place in the 60s, by the way, I want to say, and all the boys of the town have to go out and kill the October boy, but they they themselves often end up getting killed um, by the October boy, so every year this happens, it's a repeating um, phenomenon in this town, and you can't leave the town basically like we kind of get the impression that all these people are basically stuck within the town lines which is also really interesting gives that like trapped feeling of a creature feature um I feel like I do want to give some spoilers with this one just because the creature aspect of it which is what we're talking about here is like so clever um so spoilers minor spoilers ahead um because I think you can still really enjoy it without with knowing this information but basically when we see we learn that the October boy is built every year and he's built in the old decaying like cornfields um so somebody has to carve a pumpkin and bring him to life and then stuff him up like a scarecrow and he's stuffed with candy which is so cool and he leaves like a trail of candy wherever he goes um which is kind of fun as well and yeah he's murderous like he while these boys are trying to kill him he's just obliterating them in very violent ways um and that's what we're watching unfold for the entirety of the book also of note we have a main character um who he promises dad like he wasn't going to go out like it's kind of giving like purge vibes he's like i'm not going to go out and hunt the october boy this year but then he does and his companion um is a girl and girls never i guess go out and hunt for the october boy um but this time there is a girl and so that sort of changes the dynamics of the whole thing as well um but the coolest part of this book is when you figure out what the October Boy is. Like we know who that he's made every year, but when you figure out why he's made and what he's made of, other than of course the pumpkin and the candy, is so disturbing. And I'm not gonna say that. Um because I do think people should read this. And I think that plot twist had me like, (gasps) like I was shocked. Um and it's really sad too. Like I love horror movies that I love any type of horror that there's like a really really profound sadness behind it that you're like yo this sucks like that sucks and this has that vibe so even though it's kind of silly that it's this pumpkin thing that's running around and killing the teenage boys and he's filled with candy and they're all hunting him down and it's a creature feature so it's campy there's this really sad sort of backstory to it that is cyclical and you know it's been happening forever and you know I love a horror movie where you know nothing's gonna change really after the fact. So even if there's like a happy ending for our main character, or whatever. Um I think it's really like cool to be like, yeah, this was happening and it's gonna keep happening. Um and there's nothing you can do about it. So that's that's dark harvest and dark harvest when you find out why the pump what the pumpkin boy is made of what the october boy is made of the term dark harvest is so like (laughs) because at first i was like why is this called dark harvest i wish it was called the october boy because that would be so much scarier but then once you get the the plot twist um you're like oh (laughs) you're like dark harvest i got it um really interesting really like like I said like kind of sad really frightening really beautiful and so many great scenes like there's one that takes place in a church that's like really gorgeous and the whole thing was just so freaking cool it was such a short book so I literally recommend everybody read it like if you have the day off today on Halloween like it would be the perfect book to go get and then just go sit somewhere with your PSL and um and read it while you wait for um, any nighttime festivities to, to occur. But yeah, Creature Feature, more of that, like, I want more Creature Features. I want more October Boys.
1: And that's how she wrote. I'm going to pick that up next time I'm at work.
0: You have to, and I, that's why I really, because I really, If you were like, I don't want to read this, I would just tell the world um, (laughs) what the plot twist is. But I was like, actually, I think Bruce would really like this. So I'm going to let you read it. And I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to read it so bad. You're going to read it and you're going to love it. I'm going to eat it up. Delicious. It would be also a really good movie. And so I really hope the movie does eventually come out because I would like to see it.
1: Mm -hmm. I wish we could film movies.
0: I know that's not our that's not in our skill set we we have other things but we don't have that
1: no we look hot
0: (laughs) yeah we look hot and we analyze texts and we write spooky things and that's basically We be silly goofy and we'd be silly goofy and that's what we know how to and we can sell a book um but that's how we know how to do eat hot chip. Be bisexual, eat hot chip, and lie.
1: Emphasis on the lie.
0: Emphasis on the lie, for real. I love lying. (laughs) I love lying. I love lying and I love gossiping. I just, and that's a toxic of me, but you know what? It's also who I am. She's Gemini. I'm a Gemini. I'm a Gemini. Happy Scorpio season, by the way, there was a Scorpio solar eclipse the other day, I hope everyone enjoyed it. If you got to see it, I don't think we did in the northern hemisphere, but maybe some of our southern hemisphere listeners did, (laughs) if there's any of you. Say hi. Say hi. Aruba's almost close to the equator, hi Aruba listeners. But this is a bonus episode, y'all, which means, guess what? You get a little freaking treat. You get another episode on Thursday, a regular episode. Trick or treat? Trick or treat. treat. More like treat. treat. Um, what's next week's theme, Marissa? I mean, this week. What's this week's
1: theme? This week, we're going to do a little, a little um, hello to fall, a little sweet kiss to fall. We're doing sweater weather.
0: Sweater weather. Um... I'm reading this really cool book that I started and it's gorgeous. It's called the wild hunt by Emma Seckle. And it is, it takes place on a Scottish Island and it, it features these um, ominous bird, like creatures of Celtic legend whispered to carry the souls of the dead. But it's not gorgeous. It sounds gorgeous. It's not horror though. It's like, it's not horror.
1: Sounds like, very literary.
0: It is. Yeah, and it's kind of spooky. Um you know you know us, but I think I your it. books kind of spooky too when you think about it. What's mm-hmm. your book?
1: Um I'm going to read I'm going to reread cuz I read this 4 years ago now. Um The Autobiography of Red by Ann Carson.
0: I love that book.
1: So good. And I've been itching to read it again. I feel like I I barely remember it, so it's time.
0: Yeah, I read it freshman year of college, so I'm really excited to hear you talk about it. And then I still have my copy too, so I'll probably
1: uh, do a cheeky little reread.
0: Me and Liza were in
1: the the same class, but we weren't friends. We
0: weren't. Can you believe that we ever weren't friends, and now we're connected by brain cells?
1: No, it's funny how life
0: works like that.
1: It's crazy. That
0: class was crazy.
1: That class was great.
0: That, <laughs> that's all I'll <we'll> say. <laughs> but that book is really good, and I'm glad that teacher assigned it.
1: What is that?
0: What that noise? Yeah. It was like an old-fashioned truck. It was like a retro cool. truck. Cool. That that's a creature. That's a creature. Oh, Jeepers Creepers. Ooh. Um. But yeah, I'm excited for Sweat Weather. We only have a few more episodes in season three. Can you believe it? um i can't believe it so get ready for some sleigh episodes coming your way to round out the season and probably round out the year this is probably the last mm-hmm. few episodes of the year and we'll come back at you with our with our year in review of books but kind of crazy
1: very crazy i kind of love it i kind of love it too i'm excited all
0: right besties we'll see you love you we love you
1: Thank you for listening.
0: Thank you. We'll see you on Thursday. Peace
1: out. Bye.